Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles with Pastor James. And tonight, he's going to enlighten us, enlighten us on how to discern false signs and wonders because they are out there. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Well, thank you, Deborah. Uh, glad to be here. I've been sitting up here thinking and wondering, Lord, what do you want me to say about this? Because the Lord gave it to me early, and I'm one of these people that, that believes in if you study, you'll have something to say. So in other words, I don't write sermons. I've been preaching for 37 years. I wrote one sermon, and I still didn't get to preach from that. <laughs> and that was Ephesians 6 and 10. Did not know I would be going into exorcisms and stuff. But the thing is, we got to worry about the people today are being misled, uh, distracted, and they're, cause they're willing to say, oh, I see signs and wonders. That must be God. That must be God. That's not true. The Bible tells us, in fact, about it, that's where we'll start today. Let's go into uh, Deuteronomy, the 13th chapter, starting with the first verse. Deuteronomy, the 13th chapter starting with the first verse. Because a lot of times we, we looking at, we're looking for signs and wonders. And like the Lord told me once before, you look for something and that's all you're looking for. You're not really looking for him. You know telling what you're running to. But you've got to be able to discern, and it's very important to be able to discern between what is a true prophet or a false prophet, or a true dreamer, or a false dreamer. Because people say, uh, they try to interpret your dreams, and they don't know what, what God gave you that dream about, and you interpret it wrong, then they believe what you said, and you done misled them, and that's what they go by. And these other people who call themselves prophets and prophetess, you've got to be able to know, is this a true prophet? Is this a true prophetess? And what they're telling me, is it going to come to pass, or is that for a future thing? So let's look at Deuteronomy. Let's get to the Old Testament. And the 13th chapter, starting with the first verse. It says, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, the sign or the wonder comes to pass. Where he spoken to thee, saying, Let us go after another God which has not which you have not known, and let us serve them. Now that's an easy one to discern. If if even though the miracle came to pass, the sign came to pass, the person who's speaking to you, the one who's telling you these things, out of their mouth they say, Hey, Let's go serve another God. Maybe we can get a better miracle. Maybe we can get this and maybe we can get that. Just because God let it come to pass. And God do, do let things come to pass. And because of that, a lot of people get it hooked up and say, oh, that's God. Oh, that's God. Let's, let's follow him. And now he's saying, God, let's serve some other God. And you say, well, he said one right, so he's probably right about the other. So then he hearkened to him and ended up being derailed going the wrong direction. It says, in the third verse, it says, Thou shalt not hearken unto the word of that prophet 
or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proves you or tests you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. And thou shalt serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet or that dreamer shall be put to death because he spoke to turn your heart away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt, which means bondage. And we're still got to go through some bondage here. God's got to redeem us. It says, and redeemed you out of the hand, uh, house of bondage. Thus thrust thee out of the way by which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk. So shall God put this evil away from the midst of thee. In other words, here this person says, yeah, let's go serve some other gods. We got a miracle, but we can get some more miracles. Just because that miracle came to pass doesn't make that person a prophet. It does not make that person a prophetess. It doesn't mean that person can interpret dreams, but God will allow some things. So that's what we're going to look at now. Let's look at Exodus. Let's see what did I do with that quick. Exodus is 13th chapter. Let's see, what is You know, I'm sorry, I meant the wrong thing here. I'm going to have to get my paper out. <laughs> That's something I hardly ever have to do most of the time. I have this stuff right in front of me. Let me see. Exodus, the seventh chapter, and the first verse. Exodus, the seventh chapter, and the first verse. Now, we're looking at false signs and wonders. We've got to learn how to discern. And the word discern means to judge. You see, is this really of God or this of the devil? Because the devil can imitate a lot of things that God does. And because of that, we can be sidetracked. We can be fooled. Even the Bible says, even, even the very elect, if possible, if possible, that the very elect can be fooled. But the only reason that is because we're not practicing what the word says. Study to show yourself approved. That a workman that need not be ashamed, but rightly divide the word of truth. The more we study, the more we recognize falsehood. The more we read, the more it gets into us and sees the Holy Spirit. That's why when the, a lot of preachers take this out of context, what, uh, what it says in John, beloved, I wish of all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. But they forget that part, as your soul prospers. As you feed your spirit, man, as you feed your soul, then God gives you power and authority. Now, you've got to have both, power and authority. And so as you do this, you'll start to learn it. Okay, this is of God. No, this is not of God. Uh, this is uh, magicians because they're not 
serving the true God and miracles are happening for them. So just because you see a miracle or just because somebody gets healed doesn't mean that God is doing it. Let's look at that uh, Exodus, the seventh chapter in the first verse. And it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to, to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all the things, things that I command thee. And Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh that he went up, that he sent the children of Israel out of his land. In other words, Moses was trying to get the children out of Egypt, out of bondage. And God has given him signs and wonders to work. But let's see what happens. It says, I will harden uh, Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that I may lay my hands upon Egypt and bring forth my army and my people of the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by great judgment. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. And Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them, so they did. And Moses was fourscore years, and Aaron was fourscore and three years when they spoke unto Pharaoh. So to get this figured up, uh, four scores means uh, four times 20. So Moses was 80 years old, and his brother was 83 when he talked to Pharaoh. All right. If you ever look at Egyptian paintings and stuff and things on the wall, you'll notice that there's always somebody who's big compared to those people that's on that wall. Usually that's the Pharaoh. And so the word Pharaoh can mean hero or man of renown, or it can mean uh, the other words that we use is Nephilims and uh, Rephilims and stuff like that. These are things that were not supposed to be, but they crossbreeded with humans, the angels did. And that's what brought forth these things here. And God, as I said, he sent a flood to destroy them once, but yet and still, there were still more that came back. And they're still giants in the land today. They're hiding, but they're about to be let out, and you've got to be ready for these signs. You're going to be looking and say, well, these must be God. Because here they are. They're bigger than us, and here they are providing for us. They're going to even bring an alien coming in from the Catholic Church. I'm telling you, I'm not nothing against Catholic, but study for yourself and see. And this guy, uh, the Pope, who's the Pope now, says we'll welcome him and that we'll baptize any others that show up with him into Christ. But actually, they're going to be baptizing them into a, a, a form of godliness, but not with the power not with the power. Yes, anyway, let me keep going here. Then it says, the fifth verse. Let's go skip down. I'm sorry, the eighth verse. And the Lord said unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for us. Then shall we say unto, say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, Cast it down before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. Signs and wonders 
Now, here it is. Aaron. Aaron is Moses' prophet. And God has made Moses like a god unto Pharaoh. So what did he tell God spoke? And this is how miracles operate. A lot of times these people, well, I got a miracle. All you do is give more money and God will do a miracle. Let me tell you how miracles work. Miracles work when you hear the Holy Ghost speak. He speaks and you speak what he says. That's where two touch and agree, and that's when the miracles come to pass. If he doesn't speak and you're speaking, then you're prophesying out of your heart. It might be a good cause. You may want to see something good for a person, but unless the Holy Ghost speaks, you don't supposed to speak. So then he said, and Moses, the 10th verse, and Moses and Aaron went into the, to Pharaoh, and they did so as the Lord had commanded. And as I say, he cast down his stone, that's when, uh, rod, and that's when he became a serpent. Then Sir, uh, Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt. They, did, they also did in like manner with their enchantment. They cast down every man, his rod, and it became a serpent. But Aaron's rod swallowed up the rod. In other words, they started doing chanting. They had probably, uh, since it was sorcery, that means they had some kind of chemicals that they were mixing up. It could be roots of, uh, of sassafras tree. I'm just giving you an example. Or roots of uh, corn, and they mix it together, and they say certain incantations over it. And then they're able to duplicate. They're duplicating what God does. So God's, uh, Aaron throws down his rod, it becomes a snake. They throw down their rod, and they become a serpent. But then rod, then Aaron's rod swallowed them up. And he hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he hardened, hearkened not unto them, as the Lord has said. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refused to let the people go. Get thee unto Pharaoh until in the morning, and go out unto the water, that thou may stand by the river bank against the, where he comes to. And the rod which he turns into a serpent, thou shalt take into thy hands. Thou shalt say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness, and behold, Hitherto thou would not hear. Thus says the Lord, in this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in my hand and the water which is in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish in the river shall die, and the river shall sink, and the Egyptians shall load the water of the river, and the and the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Take thy rod and stretch thy hand over the water of Egypt, upon the streams and upon the river, and upon the ponds and upon their ponds of water, that they may become blood, and thou may be may be blood throughout the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and vessels of stone. And Moses and Aaron did so as the Lord commanded. And he lifted up his rod and smote the water and that was in the river. And in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants, all the water that was in the river turned to blood. The fish that was in the river 
died, and the riverbank of the Egyptians could not drink the water of the river, for there was blood throughout the land of Egypt. And the magicians, signs and wonders, and the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantment, magic, and the Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Neither did he hearken unto them as the Lord had said. And the Pharaoh turned and went into his house. Neither did he set his heart to it also. And all the Egyptians dug around the river for water to drink, and they could not drink of the water of the river. And seven days were fulfilled, and after that the Lord smited the river. In other words, what happened was here they are trying to say, hey, we can do anything that you say your God can do. Our God is the strongest, and and back in those times, Egypt had like 10 different gods. That's why they got stuck with 10 different plagues. And the Bible quotes way back into the uh, uh, Proverbs and stuff, or not Proverbs, Psalms, where it says, who can bring a nation out of another nation? In other words, if a nation's been captured, their God is strongest. It takes a stronger God to go set them free. And that's what God did. He said, I am the almighty. I'm stronger than any of your gods. He said, I will go against you, and I will get my people out. My children will come and serve me. But Egypt is a land of bodies, and they didn't want to let him out. God turned, showed them a miracle by changing the waters to blood, and next thing you know, here they come. Say, we can do that too. So, how do you discern what is what is God and what is not? They're talking about serving another God. That's one of the ways right now. You got people in the pulpit. It'll tell you, oh, God, our God is a good God, and call on the name of Jesus and everything. He wants you to give this amount of money, and he wants to give that amount of money. But you got to remember, what what is being said? The money, the money, the money. There's a God for money, and his name is Mammon. Mammon. There's a lot of churches that are full with the God of Mammon. So watch out which God you're giving to. Then it says, the Lord said unto Moses, go unto the Pharaoh and say unto him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. And if they refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite the borders with frogs, and the river shall come forth frogs abundantly, which they shall go up and come into the houses and into the bed chambers and upon the bed and upon the house of the servants and upon the people and upon the uh ovens and into their kneeling trough. What I don't know what kneeling trough is. I guess it's a workplace. And the frogs shall come up both on thee and upon the people and upon the servants. And the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, stretch forth thy hands with thy rod over the streams and over the rivers and over the ponds and cause the frogs to come up and upon the land of Egypt. At that time, there was a frog king, and uh, that's why he was, God was down and taking their magic and turning them against him. And so Aaron stretched out his rod over the river of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. The magicians did so with their enchantments. See, they got to go back to the enchantments or, uh, or 
stuff they have to use, sorcery, whatever it takes, trying to get the imitation of what God can do. And brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. Then the Pharaoh said to Moses, Aaron, say unto them, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me for my people, and I will not let thy people go, that they may, I will let the people go, that they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, Glory over me. He said, Remember, God said, I'm going to make you a God to the Pharaoh. And so that's why Moses is saying this, glory over me when I shall entreat thee and for thy servants and for thy people to destroy the frogs from thee and thy house that thou may remain in the river only. In other words, when Pharaoh was looking at Moses, he was talking to the most high God's servant, but he made him just like, he said, in my place, Moses, you shall be the God, but I will speak to you and you will speak to your brother, Aaron. And that's how some of the miracles work. And I keep trying to tell you, a lot of times when people try to prophesy over you, you should have heard God speak at first. You, if you see signs and wonders, try to see whose God are they serving. I know a preacher I used to talk to, he's dead now, and he talked to another pastor. He said, now, I know you're getting signs and getting a word. Which angel are you using? And he, the man looked at him and said, what are you talking about? I'm doing it by the Holy Spirit. He said, no, you ain't got to fool with me. I know you got an angel. Which angel are you using? Because he was using the angel, and it wasn't an angel from heaven. That's the thing. You got to worry about what person is serving what God, who is their angel, and, I mean, if they're serving the Holy Ghost or not. So the 10th verse. And he said, tomorrow, he said, be it according to thy word that thou mayest know there is none like unto the Lord our God. If you notice, it's capital L-O-R-D in the King James. And what that means is the attribute of God is yuhe vahe, which means um, you means eternal. He means thought, speak, and action. Va means connect. With God speaking action. What does that really mean? That means God, the Almighty God, is speaking to uh, what is connected to Him, His sons, His daughters. See, everything that speaks to you ain't God. Everything you hear ain't God, especially when people are prophesying to you. You better make sure the Most High God is talking to you first and that you are connected to that power. Then it says, the 11th verse, and the, and the frog shall depart from thee, from thy house, and from thy servant, and from thy people. Thou shalt remain in the river only. And Moses went out with Pharaoh, and Moses cried unto the Lord because of the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. And the Lord did according to the word of Moses. The frogs died out of the house, out of the village, out of the field. And they gathered up together upon heaps, and the land stank. But when Pharaoh saw that there was a reply, he hardened his heart and hardened, hardened not to them, as the Lord had said. And the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch forth thy rod and smite the dust in the land, that it might become life 
throughout all the land of Egypt. There was a God of light. There's a God of flies. There's a God of just about everything. There's supposed to be, uh, the Bible says in the book of uh, Proverbs 8E2, where it says God judges among the gods. So there are what we call gimme gods, smaller gods. But our God is the most high God. And how he operates with us is that through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, he talks to his people. But he talks when he wants to talk. You cannot force God to talk. You cannot force God to do anything. He is not a genie. I've been teaching my people that for a long He is not a genie. He's a God of the covenant. He's a God that will keep his word. He's not a man that he would lie or the son of man that he would repent. He keeps his word. And if you operate in his word, you'll hear him. And when you hear him, these things will come to pass that you need of him. So anyway, get to the other part here. And they did so, which is an Aaron, oh, the 17th verse. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and smote the dust and the earth. And it became lice in men and upon the beasts, upon the dust of the land became lice and throughout all the land of Egypt. And the magicians, now, always keep an eye out, because that's when you'll be able to tell what is real, what is false, and what is not false, even though it comes to pass. The magicians did so uh, with their enchantments to bring forth life, but they could not. So the lights were up on men and up on beasts. Then the magician said unto the Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. And Pharaoh heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord has said. Now, let's go back to 19. It says, the magician said unto the Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But see, we don't study Hebrew enough to understand what these things are saying. The word finger is another word for the word you, which is the first letter in yuhe-vahe. You means finger or thought, or hand. That's why when you hear the word, God has got his hand upon you, he's giving you favor, it's not that he actually has his hand on you. He's thinking about you. And when he thinks about you, he remembers you. And that's when things come to pass. But you've got to hear his voice to understand what is coming to pass. Now here Moses told, you know, did everything that God told him to tell Aaron, and Aaron did what he told him to do, showing us the train of command. There's always somebody at the top, which is the Most High God, then his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and then his servants after that. That's why he says, I don't do nothing until my prophets know what I'm getting ready to do. And that's what he does. He tells our people to know what's going to happen next. But here's the magic, the magician, the one that's one uh, to use enchantments and stuff, and they tried to bring forth life, and they couldn't do it. And they had to admit that this was the finger or the thought of God. They were operating, Moses and Aaron were operating with power and authority. So the thing is, make sure whoever's 
uh, talking to you, prophesying to you, check out to see who their God. And there's, uh, you know, they always tell you, uh, there's a way of testing them, according to the Bible, where you'll say, Beloved, leave not every spirit, but try the spirit to see if it's of God. Try means to test, to see if it's of God. If he who admits that Jesus came in the flesh is of God, he who uh, does not admit it is the Antichrist. In other words, he's against the word of God. And that's what we got to find out. Who God are you serving? There's churches right now that you, 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 you'll find it hard to believe, but they're not serving Jesus Christ. They have another Jesus. That's why you don't see power in the church. Or if you see some miracles, it don't last long. And most of it, most people are always looking for finances, houses, cars. I told you who the God that is. That's the God of mammon. And Jesus said, you cannot serve God and mammon too. Our God is the most high God who is a covenant God. We need to hold on to him and do what he tells us to do. And then we won't be tricked. We won't be delusioned. We won't be taken away to follow after other gods or others that are serving another God but telling they're serving Jesus. You better find out the truth. It says, uh, we'll finish up this, and then we're going to some more here. The 21st verse. Else, if you will not let my people go, behold, I will send a swarm of flies upon thee, and up thy servants, and on thy people, and unto their houses, and unto the houses of the Egyptians, shall be full of swarms of flies, and also the ground whereas they are. And I will serve in that day, Sever in that day the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there to the end that mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Now, when he says sovereign, it means he said, I'm going to separate my people. I'm going to show you that I'm, true, I'm truly the God. He said, all those flies and stuff are going to come up on you. And the reason is because of their God. His name was Beelzebub. It means the Lord of the flies. He said, I'm turning all your gods against you. Let you know that they have no power. I'm the one that has all power. And so when he did that, those flies came up on Pharaoh and all those people. I mean, they, everywhere they go, there was flies. There was everything. But the people of God, amen, the people of God, they did not receive a single one. This is why I'm telling you. Find out who they are, who's serving who. We're supposed to serve the most high God, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me finish this thing up. And the Lord said on the 24th, and the Lord did so, and there came a grievous swarm of flies unto the house of Pharaoh and unto his servant's house in all the land of Egypt. And And the land was corrupted by reason of the swarm of flies. The Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and said, Go you, sacrifice to your God in, in the land. And Moses said, it's not me. It's not right to do so. For we shall sacrifice, shall we sacrifice in the abomination of Egyptians to the land of our, uh, to the Lord our God? Shall we sacrifice an abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes that they will not stone us? Because here it is, our God is not their God. 
and that's the way it's going right now. There's a lot of people that's in churches, but their God is not your God. Just because you see miracles and, and wonders and signs and stuff, check to see who they're serving. You know, if they're not willing to tell you who they're serving, they may lie, but the Holy Spirit should give you a check in your spirit. Something ain't right. Yes, I saw this person uh, got healed from stomach cramps, but I just feel it's not right. I mean, I'm I'm happy for that person to get healed, but I don't feel it's right. It's the Holy Spirit tapping on you. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You come back and check, maybe a day later, that person's sick again. That person that you thought got well ain't well. See, there's some preachers, I've seen them, they prophesy and say, the Lord says you will live and not die. Listen, you got to hear from the Holy Spirit, and then he'll, he will confirm what he said to that person. If he hasn't told you that, then the person is proper lying. You need to know. You need to know. Discern, discern, discern. That means to judge, judge, judge. And then it says, let's turn to, let's flip over to Matthew the seventh chapter, because the main thing is learning how to discern. Matthew, the seventh chapter, and the 14th verse. Matthew, the 14th chapter, I mean, seventh chapter, and the 14th verse. Thank you. It looks so good. I hate to pass up any of this, but we got a lot to get in tonight. It's uh, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which lead into life. And few, look at that, few that be that find it. A lot of people talking about a lot of people are going to be saved. They're going to be a number without measure that is going to be saved. Yeah, but it doesn't say it's all going to come from this earth. Our God is a awesome God. He reigns from heaven above, so the heavens of heavens might have other other beings like us on other planets. This might be a birthing place for us, a place that we learn to obey and trust that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But it says only a few. And then it says, beware of the false prophets which come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly are raving or hungry wolves. You shall know them by their fruit. Now, that's the thing. The Bible says you shall know them by their fruit. You will not know a prophet or a true prophet or a bad prophet unless you hang around them for a while. And then he gives you another thing to help you discern. It says, do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? So, even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit or bad fruit. Now, how are you going to tell which, what is a good tree and a bad tree? If you stay around a person enough, if they're really living for God, if they really have been born again, you'll see kindness, love, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
most people that are really born again, as, as I say, you will do what the Bible says. It's in Malachi. It's in those that love God will talk about them often. In other words, you're going to be going on all day long talking about the world. You're going to be talking about the Lord, what he's done, what does the word say that he do, what is he, what witness that you testified that somebody else got healed or somebody got delivered or somebody's uh, sentence got changed. I know a man that had, they gave him life without parole, but he started praying and he repented and God had that judge to change it and he got out and he's now preaching. As I say, the main thing is always use the scriptures. The scriptures is life and life more abundant. So it says, 18, a good tree cannot, a healthy tree cannot bring forth evil fruit or bad fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. You may fool some of the people some of the time, but you're not going to fool all the people all the time because they're going to catch you. You're going to either slip up on your language Corrupt language, corrupts manners. I'm trying to tell you, if you hear a person, he's cussing all the time or she's cussing all the time, I wouldn't believe anything they tell me prophesying to me. Well, the Lord can look over me because I'm only human. Now, the Bible says, and this is God's word, that an evil tree cannot bring forth good fruit. So that's what we have to look at. At 19, it says, every tree that brings forth not good fruit is hewn down or cut down and cast in the fire. In other words, he's saying all these false prophets, that's why the book of Revelation is written, it says the false prophets were thrown in the lake of fire. These people will have to give an account, and they will pay. And if you got led out of the way, you're saying, well, it wasn't my fault. They taught me wrong. It's your fault. So the Bible says study to show yourself approved that a workman that need not be ashamed but rightly divide the word of truth. There's many truths out here. It's like a walnut. You crack that walnut open, the goodies on the inside, and you get the goodies out of it. You don't need the hard shell and stuff. But there's nothing wrong with it. That shell is protecting the goodies, protecting that, that nut. So that's what you want to get. So when you start studying and somebody's starting to preach, you better check the Bible for yourself to see what they're preaching. Is it true or not? Because I'm trying to tell you, in the end times, when you got to stand before the Lord, he's going to ask you, why did you do this? And by your words, you will either be condemned or by your words, you will be justified. But the word is going to be your judgment. That's why Moses was called the lawgiver. And Jesus said that Moses will judge you. The law shall judge you. Well, I thought the law had been just got rid of and stuff. Listen, the law of love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength has never been got rid of. The law that says love thy neighbor as thyself has never been got rid of. But the ceremonial law has been getting rid of because Jesus was the sacrificial lamb of God. He died once for us that we are redeemed from the law of sin and death. See, you got to look at it. It didn't say from the law. It said from the law of sin of, and death. So that's why we, we get every day trying to change or read the word and become more and more like our master, the Lord Jesus Christ. It says 
the 21st, 20th verse, it says, Wherefore their fruits, you shall know them. God ain't a liar. If he says by their fruits you'll know them, you will. Now listen to, listen to some of the excuses that he hears. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many shall say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done marvelous, wonderful and marvelous works? Now, here they are talking about, and call him Lord, too. And the Bible says, those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it also says that that does the will of my Father. That's why most people are missing because they don't understand how the Bible is put together and how to read it, how to study it, and how to get the answers that you need. The answers is in Isaiah, the 28th chapter. I think it's the ninth verse where it says, here is knowledge. It says, precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. You've got to search the scriptures looking for what is compatible with another scripture till you get what is truth because the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. He's talking also about the words. You've got to put these scriptures together to where it makes understanding and that once you understand, then you won't do the works of the devil. But let's finish up and see what it says. The 23rd verse, it says, And then I will profess unto them. This is Jesus. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So therefore, whoever hears these things of mine and does them, I will liken him like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Now, you got to understand a lot of words that we have in English is not the same in Hebrew, but they try to make it as close as possible. The word where it says, you worker of iniquity, it, it's another term that you can use, and that is lawlessness. But I, I was doing this in the name of the Lord, but did you do it according to God's will? Did you hear him do these things? Well, I cast out the demon and it came out. Yeah, you cast out the, the demon in Jesus' name, but Jesus wasn't with you. You can use God's name, his son's name, and not be a, have authority to use it. But I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. Well, let's see. Well, did you steal after you got saved? Did you lie after you got saved? Did you fornicate after you got saved? Did you lust after you got saved? Well, those are things I had to work against and stuff. But before you appeared for the Lord, he gave you time to repent. See, a lot of these preachers, when you got prophets and stuff, first thing they're going to tell you, the Lord has showed me you're going to get a new husband. The Lord has shown me you're going to get a new car. The Lord has showed me you're going to get money. But Jesus was the greatest prophet of them all, and the first thing he said was repent. So the kingdom of God is at hand. John the Baptist, who is supposed to be, uh, they say he's a great man among the people, but he, they say he's least in the kingdom of heaven. What was his message? Repent. 
for the kingdom of God is at hand. Change what you're doing. Repent. Re- re- renounce. And make restitution. A lot of people say, well, I've been born again, and I ain't got to make no restitution. Yes, you do. Everything in the Bible teaches what you have to do, and one of them is if you got an autumn against your brother or your sister, go get that straight first and then come give your offering to the Lord. But until you do that, you're not walking in the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will condemn you. The Spirit of God will convict you. The Spirit of God will show you what you need to do to get away from the dead works of this world. You work by faith, which is glory. Thank God that we got faith. But that gives us the glory of God around us to give us favor. But we have to do it the way God says. That's why he said in the next verse, it says, Whoever hears these sayings of man and does them, I would like it like a wise man which builds his house up on a rock. What rock? Understanding. Jesus is our rock. He is the understanding for us. That's why it says uh, uh, wisdom is the principal thing, but with all your giddy, get an understanding. And then here it is. It says the rain descended and the flood came, the wind blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock or understanding of what the word says. In other words, false prophet ain't led you the wrong way. Uh, uh, a false teacher ain't been able to lead you the wrong way because you read the Bible for yourself. The people that prophesied to you in thy name, because that's what he said, I prophesy in your name, I, I cast out devils in your name. Listen, people can bring demons up. I'm telling you. And by the power of the word and the blood, demons can come out of people. But it ain't you that did it. Sometimes God operates like this great ministry that was down in Lakeland. People were getting healed and miracles were happening and stuff. But it wasn't happening because of that preacher. It was happening because people were believing. They had something to focus on, that Jesus might be here. And they would come looking for Jesus. And a lot of times Jesus would show up, even in the, even though you got a false prophet, a false teacher, somebody's walking out of the way, God can step in and change things for you. I was down at that that thing, and I made a comment, and one of the preachers told me, he said, don't speak against the man of God. I said, listen, I'm trying to tell you, if you don't stop getting those tattoos and stuff, but tattoos bring curses, then he's going to receive curses upon him. And they tell me to be quiet. Well, the ministry went plunk. That's because I'm trying to tell you, the word of God is right, and everybody else is wrong. Then it says, the 26 says that everyone that hears the sins of man and does them not, in OT, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the uh, flood came, and the winds blew, and beat the house, and it fell. And great was its filling. Whoever builds their self upon prophecy, miracles, and stuff, and don't have a solid foundation with the word of God, with God, no solid, not no rock, but on sand. When trouble comes, you'll find out who's serving God and who ain't. You'll find out if this is a true prophet or a false prophet. Is this person really serving God or is this person not really serving God? Only when trouble comes. That's why a lot of people are going around 
saying, I'm God, like some women in the church, I'm God's diva. I'm God's diva. If you ever look up a diva, a diva is a demon. Why do you want to be God's demon? You need to know what the word says and speak according to to the word. Then the 8th, 28th, it says, And it came to pass when Jesus had entered his thing, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught as one having authority and not as a scribe. In other words, a scribe is the one who carries word around with him. That sounds like some of us. We carry our Bible around and never open it until we get around a preacher that's preaching the word and says, okay, open up your Bible, open up your Bible. Most people, they go there, they hear one verse or a couple of verses, and then they say, okay, the Lord is here. Let's, have, let's, let's praise the Lord and stuff. And you get out, and then trouble comes, and then you fall. Your wife curses you out. The dog bit you. Uh, now, here's what's been going on lately. Demons are becoming into people's houses. They come in at orbs of different colors. Women are getting raped. Men are getting raped. And the church, oh, God wouldn't let that happen. Listen, we're in this earth, and who's the God of this world? Satan is. He is the prince of the air. God is trying to get us prepared so we can fight back. God told us. He didn't, tell, he didn't say he would fight our battle. That was the old time. In the new time, he said we. He said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against wicked rulers of the darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's why we put on the whole armor of God. God didn't put on the whole armor. He already got it. He said we put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks of the devil. That's what wiles mean, tricks. And his main trick is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's the main weapon he uses against everybody. And he'll keep coming after you until you keep learning to use the word. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You cannot enter in. I've I've heard other people who have been men and women who have been raped, but once they got the word Jesus out to say Jesus, these things roll off of them. They can't penetrate them because that's the name that's above all names. Now, you got all these other semi-gods, demigods and stuff. They have no power. They have demons that's out there that operate on their own. Some of them are operating under demons. I mean, other demons, some are more powerful than the others. That's why it says, when a demon cast uh, a spirit get cast out, he walks around in dry places trying to find rest. He can't find that. He goes back to his house, which is clean and swept, but it has, it doesn't have anything in it, cleaned and swept. So he goes back in. He takes in several more bigger demons in himself, so they won't be able to kick him out as easily. But the thing is, it's still your responsibility. Your kid comes in and says, I'm scared at night. There's something going on in my bedroom. Don't try to play him off and say, well, that's just your imagination. Go to sleep. Go and pray for that kid. Pray for that room. Because a lot of people, when they get houses, they don't pray. They don't break the curses on the houses and stuff. But see, the true men and women of God, this is how you're going to find out. When you call the church and say, listen, I got problems. My kid, and I'm giving you a true statement here, right here in Kansas City. My kid is levitating. Can you help me? Now, a true man of God would say, I'm on my way. I'll bring him to the church. But a hireling says, 
or I'll get back with you, or how much money you got before I come over to your house. For uh, labor is worthy of his hire. That's a false teacher, false prophet, false preacher. So the Bible tells us, you know, uh, that we are we are the ones that try to help others. If we get if we have two things, we're supposed to give away one thing. If we have more than enough, we're supposed to help somebody. The poor you have with you always. Yes, if you don't help, get rid of them by helping them bring it out of the gutter, helping them bring it out into a job. See, a lot of people want to push it on God. Well, it's God's responsibility. It's God. No, it's your responsibility. It's yours to understand. We're in a spiritual warfare. Our eyes have to be sharpened. We have to take that moat that's in our eye and cast it out so we can help get the, that little splinter out of your brother or your sister's eye. How can you help somebody when you're blind? The blind, both of them will fall into this. But if you get your eyesight straight, that you can help others, and then you'll be able to discern what is true, what is uh, uh, of God, and what is not of God. But in the meantime, to get you that power, you study the scriptures. You feed on the scriptures. The more you put the scriptures in, the more you'll get stronger in the Lord and the power of his might. Let's turn over right now to Mark, the 13th chapter. Mark, the 13th chapter. And the first verse. i tell you what, let's go to the 12th chapter and read about the things that's in the kingdom, which is a whole lot of false stuff is here because this kingdom is not our God yet or Christ yet. But the more we learn, the stronger we come, the more we take over this land for our God. Let's look at the uh, 38th verse, 12th chapter of Mark, 38th verse. And he said unto his disciples, or unto, he said unto them, his doctrine, beware of the scribes, which love to go in long clothing and love the salutation in the marketplaces, and the chief seats in the synagogue, and the upper room of the feast. In other words, he said, be careful. Be aware of these people who said, oh, uh, I'm bishop so-and-so, and I'm I'm apostle so-and-so, and you should give me the best place in the house. You should sit me up in front, honoring to who honor is due. Yeah? Well, you got to prove to me first that you're worthy of the honor. The Bible tells us to test all things, prove all things. But a lot of people, just because they got something in front of their name, you accept it. All right, let's keep going here. It says, which devour widows' houses for a pretense making long prayers that they shall receive great they shall receive great damnation. In other words, here this person, this woman is poor, this man is poor. They give the last you got and God's gonna bless you. Bring up all you got up here and God's gonna bless you. First of all, give them the money that they can be put some money in there so they can bless be blessed. I tell people all the time, you know, I preach, I come to your churches I don't charge anything. You can ask your pastors. I don't charge anything because freely I receive, freely I give. A, 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 a hire 
is worthy of his hire, but it doesn't have to come from your church or somebody got to buy me. I can walk past people and God will get put it in their heart. Say, I don't even know you, but the Lord told me to give you this $500. The Lord told me to give you this $50. He don't know me. I don't know him. But God takes care of what he needs to take care of. Then it says, and Jesus said over against the chivalry, behold, how the people cast money into the treasury, and many were rich and cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow. She threw in two mites, about 50 cents, which is makes a foreign. And he called unto him, his disciples, and said unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow has cast in more than all which has cast in the treasury. For they all did cast in of their abundance. But she wanted, she of her want, did cast in all she had, giving all her living. God sees you. You ain't got to go around and say, look, I've given $100,000. I've seen preachers. They say, all right, the people in the $10,000 line, raise your hand. One's in the $5,000 line. Uh, you be in the next line. Why? If God said the woman gave the most, let the poor person get up and give. And you should look at the poor and you should give to them. They will praise God. You want a prayer, you want to get a miracle through, help somebody. And they'll pray a prayer for you. The more you help others, the more God will help you. God will prosper those that take care of the poor. Oh, goodness. Yes, Lord. Let me go continue on here. The 13th chapter. And as he went into the temple, one of his disciples said, Master, see what manner of stones, which is the building here. And the Lord answered and said, Seest thou this great building? Thou shalt not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And he said upon the Mount of Olives against the temple, and Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us what shall these signs, what shall these things be, and what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? God has his signs and wonders and miracles. But remember, Satan tries to imitate them. He tries to imitate them. And he knows he knows the prophecy as good as we do. Because he read the book. He was there when it was being written. And Jesus answered and said began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. Watch out for distraction and misdirection. There are people that are telling you right now, oh, God wants you rich. God wants you to be blessed. Finally, God, listen, Jesus suffered. Jesus was broke. His disciples were broke. Why do you think that Paul was making tents? And most people think tents means the, the thing that you sleep up under. But it's a prayer shell. That was one of the words they called for tent. That's why it says go into your secret place and pray. And when you pray in secret, God will reward you openly. So the disciples worked. They still ministered and everything, and they still worked. And it says, for many shall come in my name, and I am Christ, the anointed one. And shall deceive many. Shall deceive many. 
and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Be not troubled, for such things must need be, but the end is shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be earthquakes in dire places. There shall be famine and trouble. And there, these are the beginning of sorrow. But take heed to yourself, for they shall deliver you up to council. And in the synagogue they shall beat you, and you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. In other words, if you're going to rule with Jesus, you've got to be willing to suffer with Jesus. You got to understand everybody is not saved, everybody is not your friend, everybody is not uh, a liar, but there's many of them out here. That's why he called, he said, uh, the ones that's liars or, or the other one is uh, timid, going to also have their part of the lake of fire. Everybody is not with you, but you can pray for those that you'll see every once in a while going the same direction you are and willing to suffer and give up their life for the gospel. And the gospel is that God wants us to obey him and him only, and him only shall you serve no matter what the devil offers you, the world. He said, I'll give you all this because it's all given unto me, and I can give it to whoever I want. Jesus said, I shall serve the Lord thy God, and him only shall I serve. So Yes, there's trouble and stuff, but watch out for false signals, false signs, false warnings, because they're getting ready to come up where you're going to see aliens. I'm telling you, because I've seen one. I've seen one personally. They're going to come up to you, and they're going to convince you they're of heaven and that they want to uh, get you to understand there is other gods, and these are the other gods you serve. No, we serve one true God. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ and his Father and the Holy Ghost. And the three are one. So anyway, let's finish this thing here. It says, the 10th verse, And the gospel must first be published among all nations. And when they shall lead you up, to deliver you up, to take no thought before you shall speak, neither do you premeditate, but whatsoever shall be given you, in that hour that you speak. For it is not you that speaks, but the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will give you what you need when you need it. If you don't try to figure God out, that's why Proverbs 3 and 5, lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all thy ways, and he shall direct your path. He'll teach you about being able to discern, between what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. But you've got to be able to hear from the Holy Ghost. You learn through the trials and tribulations you go through. You'll find out which people really love you and which people don't. And they said, brother, I'll stand with you no matter what's going on. Trouble comes, you can't find them. Sister, I'll be right with you no matter what. Trouble comes, you can't find them. Your children. That's a shame, but I'm trying to tell you, some of your children, you can't even trust them. You done brought them up, taught them how to live right, how to hear from God, and next thing you know, they're out back out in the club. They're out doing what they wanted to do, and they turn against their parents. They'll even cuss you out. And if you check, you'll find that they got all kinds of porno, porno, porno. That's a shame for a woman to be having porno, but it's even worse when you hear that uh, 
she's married to somebody, and both of them looking at porno. This is the thing that you got to understand. This is an abomination to God. You got to understand. They can't pray for you if they're living in an abomination. That preacher cannot be laying hands on you that's living in an abomination. I've had preachers that called me over the phone, didn't know who I was, just talking, and tell me they're looking at porno in their office at the church. You better find out what God they're serving. The God and mammon, are they serving the most high God? Are they serving flesh? Or are they serving the spirit man, which is the most high? You have to steady search these things out. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell y'all. Y'all can call me and ask questions and stuff. Uh, can you give them the number? Yeah, the number is 646-595-4784. And if you want to speak to Pastor James, you have to press the one that raises a little question mark by your number so I can see that you want to speak. Again, that number right. is six four six five nine five four seven eight four. Now, do you have any questions or any comments? I'm just lapping up this good teaching. Um, <laughs> I have no questions at this moment. That okay. doesn't mean I won't. Have. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, the main thing is, as I said, most people are going to be tricked are seduced because of seducing spirits. They claim to be of Christ, but they're not. And the thing is, you've got to find out who do they really serve. If you ever been with somebody that you thought was safe, and all of a sudden you stepped on their toe or said something bad to them by accident and they cuss you out? No. Those things can happen. You're still, you're you're still on. You're still on. So okay, but that's why I'm saying we we got to steady educate ourselves, not having the preacher educate us. We got to educate ourselves in what the word says. And the more you you learn, the more you'll find out a lot of people in church is not with you. They are against you. But as I said, the main thing is always depend on the Lord. He's the one that will give you what to say. He'll teach you what to do. So let's continue to read here because there's going to be so much confusion soon. As I said, I'm telling you all about the different demons that's coming up. I I have one that came from the, uh, his name called from the Orion Belt. It's in the Bible. Orion Belt says the Pledge of These is in there. There's a lot of things that we look over and don't be really reading to see that we're going through not just a natural stuff, but some spiritual warfare. Let's see. Let's let's look at what this thing says here, the 16th verse. Let him that's in the field turn not back to take up any garment. And woe to them that is with child, that them that give suck in those days. In other words, he's talking about the end times, the end days. And pray that your faith, light, be not in winter. For in those days shall those days shall be afflicted, such as was not from the beginning of creation, which God created in this time, neither shall be. 
the trouble that's getting ready to come up on this earth. I'm telling you, if you don't feed yourself with the word of God, how do you feed yourself? Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, reading the, the, the example of what Jesus did, the, the words that he quoted on this, on this earth. Get yourself ready for when a demon comes to your house, he'll look at you and say, oh, I'm in the wrong house. It looked like Jesus in there, and let him run. And you got to be not a coward. A coward would tell the demon, uh, uh, you got to go. You can't be here. Jesus is mine. No, you speak with authority. Let it know, look, you, big, you made a big mistake. Don't come in here. Jesus and me are close. Jesus is my Lord. He's the one who protects me. He's the one who changes me. So I leave no doors open for you. No portals for you to enter in. But every time you come, you'll see I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and power. But yes, yes, yes. Then let's keep on going here. It says, uh, except the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. As I told you, we got a great thing that's coming up on this earth. And it's already here. It's not just coming. It's already here. Been here. Well, it says the worker of iniquity. Sin is already here. It's a mystery how it operates because people don't want to serve the true God. They don't want God in their life. They want to do what they want to do. This is, but for the elect's sake, whom he has chosen, he has shortened the days. Who is the elect's sake? Who was he writing to at first? If you remember, he was talking to the Jews. The Jews are the elect ones. That's why I said that even the elect ones could be food. It's probably, let's keep on reading there. It says, and if any man shall say unto you, lo, here is Christ, or lo, he's there, believe him not. For false Christ and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to do what? To seduce, if it was possible, even the elect. The elect is supposed to know the word of God. Most uh, Jews, when they're little kids, they learn the Bible. They uh, they learn the Torah, rather. They learn the, the Hebrew alphabet and what it really means. They get their kids prepared. And the same thing, we've got to get ourselves prepared because other than that, we'll be destroyed. We won't be able to receive the end things that God has got for us. So in other words, he said, if it hadn't shortened the time, no flesh would be saved. Then it says, uh, but take you heed. Behold, I have foretold you all these things. In other words, go back and read those things. See what God has told us, that if he hadn't showed the day, no flesh would be saved. But we are the chosen. We are under the, the uh, covenant of Abraham. We are brought in by faith, not by circumcision, but by faith. So if we do our part, God will do his part. If God God will get us ready, if we get ourselves ready. You know, I hear the old saying, if you take one step, God will take two. That's not what it says. It says you draw nigh to him, and he'll draw nigh to you. But it says in the 24th verse, let's see what all is getting ready to happen. In those days, after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in in the clouds with great power and glory. 
there's two tribulation periods happening. There's the tribulation and then the great tribulation. The tribulation is the first three years that the Antichrist is going to be in charge. Then the great tribulation is not only the Antichrist is mad at you, but God's mad at you. So that's why we try and we pray that we there is a rapture and that we get taken out of here. But in case not, be willing to die for your belief. A lot of people, Christians overseas, they have suffered many of hurts, but they kept their faith even unto death. That's what the Bible teaches us. But like if uh, somebody wants to, let's get some, some other things about false teachers and false prophets and stuff. If a person said, well, let me read your tea leaves, do not let them read your tea leaves. That's where they have you drink tea, pour the cup over, and there's tea leaves in there, and they'll move it around and tell you your, your future. Do not let them use a Ouija board on you. Do not leave, let them read your palm. Let me read your palm, and I'll tell you how long you're going to live and how many kids you're going to have. Listen, that is all demonic. They're soothsayers. They deal with familiar spirits. If you can't deal with the Holy Spirit, you need to get prayer until you can. You need to, what they said, the old folks, you say, you have to tarry, where you cry out to God. I've seen a young man this week truly give his life to the Lord. Because when he was crying and stuff, he kept right on repenting for everything the Holy Spirit brought up. Because that means the Holy Spirit had to bring it up for him to repent. And that's what we are supposed to do. Check ourselves each and every day to see if we're really in the faith. Check to see if we're really walking by faith or are we walking by sight. Are we walking in the spirit or are we walking in the flesh? As I say, anytime you need a, a guru or a psychic to tell you something, you're in the wrong camp. But I, I, I said in the name of Jesus, doesn't matter. They have another Jesus. You're reading the Bible. Everybody who calls on the name of Jesus ain't truly a, a born-again a born-again Christian. A born-again means you have an elevation in knowledge. Most of you don't even know what that means, an elevation in knowledge. When uh, Enoch was on the earth, he walked with God. And then finally, he was not. Why? Because God translated him. In other words, he elevated his, his mind. The more he walked with God, the more he elevated him. Till finally he said, there's no more you need to do on this earth. Come on up here. And he did. We're being born again by the Spirit to elevate our mind to where we can look at the script, which is in the Bible, and interpret it because the Holy Spirit will interpret it for you. If you can't interpret any scriptures, you need to go back and, like my old preacher used to say, you need another dip in the Holy Spirit. Because we all leap. We all leap. There ain't nobody I know that don't leap. We need another dip, another refill. Because the more he refills you, the more fire you are, the more you want to hear God's word, the more you want to learn about God's word, and that is Jesus himself. The more you learn about him, the closer you'll grow to him, the more you'll learn to love him. 
But anyway, let's see, keep on here. Yes. So rarely I say the 31st. It says, Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass until all these things be done. In other words, what generation? It's, uh, Israel became a nation in 1948. That is the nation, that's the generation he's talking about. Well, how long is the generation? It can be 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, 120. Look, before all that pass, everything will be done. So Israel's been a nation since 1948. And we're in 2018, it can happen at any time. That's why you hear some preachers say, he can come at any time because he said, I can shorten the days. I can shorten the days so people can live. 31, it says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of the day and the hour, no man knows. No, not the angels which is in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take heed. Anytime God tells you to take heed, that means listening, warning, watch, and pray. For you know not when the time is. Watch and pray. For the Son of Man is as a man that taketh a far-off journey who left his household and gave authority to his servants. Watch and pray to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Watch and pray. You notice I'm saying that over and over again because you can't pray against something if you ain't watched for it. Watch you therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh at evening, at midnight, or in the cock crowing, or in the morning. Please coming suddenly, he finds you sleep. And when he, what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Anytime the Lord says that many times, watch, watch, watch. You better watch. I have a relative of mine. She, uh, her and her husband went for a vacation, and they left the house in care of their daughter. And they decided to come back a day early and didn't tell her. When they came in, the house was tore up. Food was on the kitchen table that had been there for maybe two or three days. The house was dirty. But see, that's the same thing. We want to make sure our house is in order before the Lord comes. And the way we get it in order, we do it in advance, and we'll be ready. So when these false prophets and these false teachers say, hey, give your money, and God's going to bless you, listen, and see who's God they are, see if they're dealing with mammon. We want to make sure that we're able to discern who is this person in front of me. By the Holy Spirit, he will give you a warning. He will give you words that say you, because you're not thinking of these words come to you because the Holy Spirit is giving it to you. Watch, 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 and pray. I tell you, there's not too much more I can tell you about that. As I say, some of the things I can give you an example, like this young man, uh, he's dating one of my relatives, and he's a preacher. And she was telling me how well-known he is and everything and how he's a, a great evangelist. But the Holy Spirit kept telling me, ding, ding, ding. That is a warning for me. Something ain't right. When I hear that word, ding, 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 something ain't right. He convinced her to give, her, give him money to come from Africa 
so he can come over here and marry her. Once she sent the money, she ain't heard from him since. That's why I try to tell people, God gives us warning. We just got to watch and pray. Take your time. Don't be in no big hurry. Watch and pray that God will give you revelation knowledge, that he'll give your eyes open where you can see into the spirit realm. Now, what I mean by seeing the spirit realm, it's not that I see demons running around all the time. Every once in a while, I can see one in somebody's face. And I see it when it leaves. Now, as I told you earlier, I have seen extra, extraterrestrial. This thing was uh, like a big, gigantic blob that was glowing in the dark with teeth like a lion. But instead of going back, it went straight across his face. His eyes were like big, gigantic owl eyes, like big saucers uh, dinner plates but they looked like owl eyes. And it came straight at my car. And me and my cousin was together, and just as it got ready to hit my car, it jumped straight up into the air, and it went up like a jet. It was not human. It was not metal. It was not a kite or anything else. This was a being. And the world has been getting set for beings for the longest. You hear about Planet X and stuff. You hear that uh, CERN, if you don't know what CERN is, you need to look it up. C-E-R-N, it's opening portals. Uh, Stephen Hawkins, one of the greatest men of our time, he said that he's an atheist. He don't even believe in God. But he said they're opening up something they should not open up. He's dead now. He knows the truth. But why wait till you die to learn the truth? Understand, just because something, miracles happen, signs and wonder if he's bringing down fire from the sky and everything in front of you, that doesn't mean that it's Jesus Christ. It does not mean it's Jehovah, as some people call it. It does not mean that this is of the good. So you need to find out, is this of God or not? And the only way you'll find out, the Holy Spirit will tell you. The Holy Spirit will tell you. Now, let me see here. Go to, let's go to Matthew, the 10th chapter. Matthew, the 10th chapter. And the 8th verse. Because as I said, there's so many uh, false apostles, false teachers, magicians out here. They are magicians. They really are. They are able to operate in the spirit realm, and they'll fool you thinking that they're of God or they're something great, like uh, the man in, in uh, Acts where he was, uh, saw Philip moving in the spiritual realm, but he was a man that moved in the spirit world, but he used magic. But he realized his magic wasn't as strong as is uh, Philip, and he went there to to be baptized and stuff, and he wanted to get the Holy Ghost, and Peter looked at him, was able to discern, you're nothing but a, a thief. You're trying to buy God's power, which you can't, and you're going to die with a curse. And he begged the man of God to pray for him that he would not die. See, the people that work for Satan, they know what, what power 
and what is not. Okay, Matthew, the 10th chapter, and the, let's go to the 7th verse, Matthew, the 7th verse. But Jesus is given a, a, a commandment, and that is, go, and as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does it mean, the kingdom of heaven? All power in heaven and earth is given to Jesus when he rose from the dead. So the heaven is where God abides. He's the ruler of the kingdom of heaven. And because of that, he gives us power. Now, here's the power he gave us. It says, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely Give. See, you got preachers now that tell you, uh, if you don't pay me $25,000, I ain't coming to your church. They'll tell you up front, this is what you got to pay me. But here's the Bible says, this is what we're supposed to do. And you got to remember, you can't do heal the sick. You can't cleanse the lepers. You cannot raise the dead. You cannot cast out devils unless you hear from the Holy Spirit telling you, this is the one I'm healing. This is the one I'm setting free. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus comes to set the captives free. Then it says in the ninth verse, it says, Provide neither gold or silver nor brass in your purse nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet stay, for the workman is worthy of his meat. Not not saying money did it. Instead of your food. In whatever city or town you enter into, inquire who is the worthy, and there abide till you go hence. Well, here they say, go to somebody's house so they can feed you. You can be fed. People that love God will feed you. People that love God will take care of you. But if you're going in there charging people, you ain't doing what God says. And when it, and when you come into a house, salute it. Most of you don't even know how to salute a house. But I'm going to tell you how to. You walk in and you say, God bless this house. In the Hebrew, they would say, Shalom. Bless the house. Bless the person that invited you in. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. That's the word Shalom. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return. How do you know if it's worthy or not? The Holy Spirit will allow it to be felt in you. You can feel the presence. When people come to my house and they'll tell me, man, this is the most peaceful house I've felt. Why? Because Jesus' power is here. Jesus' angels are here. Why? Because the word of God is being read here, and they like to hear the word of God. The Holy Spirit loves the word of God. Even though he's the one who wrote it, he likes hearing it. The Father loves to hear the word of God. Jesus loves to hear the word of God. Yes, we'll speak the word and not the things of this world. If you watch what you're watching, in other words, stay away from the porno, stay stay away from pictures that profanity and stuff, or nudity and stuff like that, or things that's going to question your faith. If you're not strong enough to stand, then don't listen to them. If you're listening to them to learn things so you can help somebody else, that's a different story. But if you're trying to just listen and you ain't got enough understanding, you'll start to fall, you'll start to slip. The next thing you know, 
you'd be back out in those clubs. But you said, I'll never go back out there again. I would never do this again. But yet still, there you are out there again. You've got to understand the feed of your soul is what makes you whole. The feeding of your soul makes you whole. Okay. Let me go to the 14th verse. It says, whoever shall not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart out of the city or out of the house of the city, shake off the dust off your feet. For verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment for that city. Behold, I send you forth as sheep. Sheep. You know, sheep don't fight. It is a bah, whatever you want me to do, bah, in the midst of wolves. Wolves are false prophets and stuff. They're trying to devour your money. They're trying to devour you. Be you, therefore, wise as a serpent and innocent or harmless as a dove. Try to make peace with people if you can. But everybody you're not going to be able to make peace with. Just remember that. And you're not a uh, a towel thrown on the floor so somebody can walk all over you either. But you can defend yourself without hitting somebody. You can defend yourself without cussing at somebody. It's like the best thing to do when somebody's against you, holler Jesus. But do it with authority. Jesus. And watch what they do. Most times they might cuss you one more time after that. They're getting away from you. I had people that... <laughs> They took off running from me. I told the man, I said, you need to get saved. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to council, and they will scorn you in their synagogues, which means gathering place. You shall be brought up before governors and kings for my sake, for testimony against them and the Gentiles. A Gentile is one who has not a covenant with God. We do. That makes us different than them doesn't make us better than them. It makes us different from them. And because we are different, they don't like us. They may have demons in them, like some people that are homosexuals or whoremongers. They say, well, I was born this way. They're telling the truth. Don't criticize them because they're telling the truth. The thing is, try to get them saved. Try to get them healed. I have nothing against the homosexuals or whoremongers or anything else. My job is to get them healed, not to condemn them. A lot of times we hit them in the head and stuff, and even if they hit us, we're supposed to be tolerant and try to win them anyway. It says, the 19th verse, but when you, they deliver you up, take no thought. You've heard this before the other one. And what you shall speak, it shall be given to you in that self-same hour when you speak. Who's going to give it to you? We already looked at it. The Holy Spirit will give it to you. For it is not you that speak, but the Spirit of your Father that speaketh in you. And the brothers shall deliver the uh, brothers up to death, and fathers' children, the children rise against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but though, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. When you're going through stuff, don't backslide. Go forth in the word of God. Don't try to battle according to their knowledge. Battle them according to the word of God coming out of you. 
but it says 23rd. But when they persecute you in the city, flee to another city. For verily I say, they shall not go over the city of Israel till the Son of Man be come. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It's enough for the disciple to be as his master and his servant as his Lord. If they call the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Beelzebub is one of the names of the demons, I mean one of the names of the demigods, which is the Lord that flies, the Lord of the flies. Fear them not, therefore, there is nothing that's covered that shall not be revealed and and hid that shall not be known. And that's a good scripture there. If you you need to circle this, I'm, I'm gonna give it to you again. It says, "Fear them not, therefore." Now I'm gonna show you what I'm telling you. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. Anytime I lose anything, uh, I say that at prayer, and I find everything I lost. The only thing I never find is something when somebody stole from me. I've taught many of my members of the church to say that thing, and they have found their keys, their wallet. They've been missing for maybe two or three days. They say it and find it within 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Lady lost the keys to her car, and I told her to pray that prayer. She was out there on a baseball field. The lights was out. She couldn't see. She's walking around in the dark trying to find her keys and step right on. Another young man had lost his keys. And he was trying to go to work. And I said, say that prayer. He looked everywhere before he called me and couldn't find it. After he said that prayer, within 15 minutes, he was outside and the key had fell under the car. and He was able to see it. I'm telling you, God's word works for everything you need. He is not a dead, dead words on a dead page. These are alive if you're willing to believe it. And it says, the man thinking, so is he. If I believe God's word works, it will work for me. If I believe God's word is true, it's true for me. You can't walk in my my anointing. You can't walk in my faith. I can't walk in your anointing. I can't walk in your faith. But I have to grow my faith. You have to grow your faith. And the more you your faith is in the word of God, the more you're going to see things come to pass, especially when the money is gone, food, food has disappeared, people are going to be hungry and crying out, Hey, I need food. I need this. This does the Bible not talk about multiplying food after being prayed over? Jesus prayed over the food. The food mag, uh, multiplied. Elijah was out in the wilderness, and God sent a raven with food every morning for him and every evening. I'm trying to tell you, the God we serve is not dead. But if you start serving those other gods, you're going to find out they will abandon you. They will desert you. They'll let you be out there crying out, and they're going to be nothing they can do for you. They had this. The example is uh, Elijah, which is in First Kings. I think it's the 17th chapter where it was Elijah against the, the, uh, the sorcerers and the magicians and stuff of Jezebel. And he said, you call yours, I'll call mine. You sacrifice, I'll sacrifice. Whichever one answers by fire, that's who is God. And he told them to go first. And there they got there. See, this is the false prophets, the false teachers. And they get caught in the church. They'll be right there in the church with you. They're up there jumping up and down trying to call their God. Their God didn't answer and stuff. He said, is your God on vacation? What's wrong? 
but then after they cut themselves up, and that's where we get the word cutters. There are people now, they, like some of your children, they may be cutting themselves. And you take them to the doctor, which is a good thing. You hear me? But after you take them to the doctor, bring it to somebody who deals with demons and devils and stuff, because that's not normal. That is not normal. If your kids stay in your room all the time playing those video games, that's not normal. We're t- we're, our bodies were made to, to exercise, to run, to jump and everything. To find out what is going on with your children. They may be talking to somebody and talking about committing suicide. And here you think, well, they're in the room, they're all right. Now you don't want to find out what's going on until it's too late. I'm trying to tell you. Discern, discern, discern. Judge, judge, judge. Be filled with the Holy Spirit with fire. Yes, Lord. Let's keep on going here. Because as I tell you, there's so much stuff that we need to look, we need to read for ourselves. And you need to find out, like 27 says, what I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach it upon the housetop. And fear not them which can kill the body, but not able to kill the soul, but rather him which can able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So in other words, God is saying, listen, don't worry about these devils. What can they do? They can just kill you. Don't worry about these people who talk bad about you. They can, all they can do is kill you. But your soul shall be saved. And then your soul being saved, God said, even I'm going to skip over to him and go to 30. It says, even the hair on your head are numbered. If he says the hair on your head is numbered and, it's, and you know you got very few like me, then God knows everything. He's going to take care of you. And your main thing is obey what the word says. It says confess him before men and he'll confess you before his father. If you do not, he will not confess you before his father. But here's another thing. Do not get this wrong. I want you to understand this. It says 33, whoever should deny me before men, I will also deny him before my father, which is in heaven. Think not I come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. I came to set a man's advance against his father and the daughter against her mother, the daughter-in-law against the mother-in-law. A man's soul shall be his own household. He, what was he talking about? Why would God want to cause division? That's because he wants those that want to be with him. See, we can choose our, we can choose our friends, but we can't choose our family. You may have a, a, a brother that hates you, a sister that hates you, can't stand you, and it's because you're starting to walk with the Lord. Now, when you're doing evil, they're right along with you. But then when you got saved, it changes. That's why he said, I came to set a sword. I come to put a division between you, between the mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law. If you're not lined up with the word, you'll be on one side or the other. You're gonna, either you're going to serve God, are you going to serve mammon? You going to serve money, or are you going to serve the Prince of Peace? You going to serve the ones that lead you astray, seduce you to do wrong things, or are you going to listen to the Holy Spirit that says, "Let me lead you and guide you through that straight and narrow gate." 
You have to make a decision. You're the one that's going to have to say, Lord, I decided to follow you, and I, I'm glad I did. Even if my family turned against me, I will follow you. Now, here's 37. This is, this is one of the conditions to be a disciple so that you'll be able to receive the Holy Spirit, which you'll be able to discern the things what's going around here. And as I told you, it's getting ready. Things are going to be putting fear in your heart when you see the things that's coming up on this earth. It says, he that loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that taketh not his own, uh, taketh not his cross and followeth me is not worthy of me. The word cross means life burden. Every day you're going to have something you have to go through, a test, a trial. Some trials are easy. Some trials are hard. Some tests are easy. Some tests are hard. Like, uh, a woman walk, running down the street butt naked. You may be tempted to look at it, but you've already programmed yourself. I'm not going to look at that to sin. I'm not going to look at that man to sin. I've made up my mind. I want to do those things that's pleasing in God's eyesight. So when these tests come, you're able to pass it. But what about if all of a sudden you walk up on a bag of money, let's say a million dollars, would you turn it in? Or would you try to keep some for yourself or keep it all? The Bible says you're a thief. You are a thief. But I didn't steal it from nobody. You're still a thief. See, that's the cross that you got to pick up. That's your burden you got to pick up. you got to do what is right at all times so that you can be called righteous in the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is made up of holy people those that want to do and is doing what is right for God. They're, they're crucifying their self, which means ego, and doing what pleases God. Because we only, the longest we have ever lived here is 120 years. But there's a thing called eternity that will live there forever. Why live in torment here and go and live in torment there too? Lose your life for God. And that way you'll find your life. Let me, let me go ahead and read what it says. 39. He that finds his life shall lose it. He that loses his life for my sake shall find it. He that receives you receives me. And he that receives me receives him that sent me. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet reward. He that receives a righteous man. In the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. You notice that's three times there, righteous. In the Hebrew, it's called sadok. Uh, it means one who does what's right. What about if it goes against my nature? Do what's right. But I, I think I should, maybe God's trying to bless me. Do what's right. The more you do what's right, the more you hear from the Holy Spirit. The more you hear from the Holy Spirit, the less chance of you getting seduced, the less chance of you getting caught up in a mess. A lot of preachers don't deal with this stuff when they first enter the ministry. And because of that, when they get way up into the ministry and everybody got them on a pedestal, the devil says, I got a legal right, and kicks that pedestal down. And that's why you see some preachers fall into his hand and can't get out. Now, I ain't saying you can't fall into sin. I'm saying the part you, that you can't get out. That's when you realize, 
oh, Lord, have I got that far from me? Have I backslid that far that I can't get a prayer through? Because you'll know if you can get a prayer through. You'll feel his presence. The Holy Spirit will give you comfort. He'll give you peace. He'll give you love and joy. Even in the midst of trials and tribulations, you will feel that peace. So in other words, uh, is number 42. It says, and whoever shall give a drink to one of these little ones, one a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall no wise lose his reward. If you do something just for anyone, God will reward you. That's why I told y'all earlier, if you're going through, uh, you see people that's hurting and needing help, don't just say God bless you and keep going. Give them something to help. And that means more than a dime. This is not back in the old days. Unless you give at least five dollars, you can't. They can't even hardly get a, a meal or anything. So you you know you can give up that five dollars. You probably spend it on something else, and it wouldn't be not worth anything. But here you got a chance to help somebody. You got to help. You got a chance to deliver people to Christ that they may bless you and be blessed themselves. All right, uh, Dorothy. Do you have any questions or any comments? No, although I thought about don't give them more than a you know give them more than a dime. I was thinking the other day, you know, our kids, the grandkids, are never going to know what a five and dime store is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so true. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. Not now. Damn. Hey, look. What is this? I got 23 <laughs> grandkids. I got you just got a new one. I got, no, 22 grandkids and seven great-grandkids now. A new one just been born. But uh, you talk about uh, when my, my little grandson comes to me and says, Hey, Grandpa, I need some money. He's only about five or six. I said, How much you need? He said, At least 20. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I got a feeling you need to go to work, get you a job. Yeah, really. Plain enough about how the Holy Spirit works with us, how we discern what is the false uh, Christ, the false apostles, the false uh, people that are trying to prophesy a proper lie. That's the Holy Spirit. That the more we eat of the Word, the more the Holy Spirit works with us. That is so true, and it's important to really um, bury that word deep within so that we don't have to go scurrying to the scriptures every time we come upon something. You know, it should be right there if you've eaten mm-hmm. enough of the word. So, right, you remember how then, David says, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, the Father will bring up scripture into your mind when mm-hmm. you get into these situations. So, but if you have nothing for in there for him to bring up, you're going to be empty. Mm-hmm. You know how David said, I've hidden your word in my heart that it may not sin against you. And that's not just being able to quote scriptures and stuff, but be able to discern with those scriptures. Because just because a person gets healed doesn't mean it's God. Just because a person receives money doesn't mean it's the most high God. They have, they have powers in these these uh, seances and stuff, 
they can bring up what they call, they call, they tell you it's your uncle or your aunt. Most of it's what we call a familiar spirit. And the reason they call them familiar spirits because they've been around your relatives. So they know what they think. They know what they would, uh, they've been through. And here somebody says, well, I'm your uncle. And you remember the time we used to be out there in the swings and I used to push you up and you jumped out of the swing? That is not your uncle. Once dead, you either go to heaven or hell. I heard about soul sleep and stuff. But I'm trying to tell you, the Bible says instant death, instant glory, or instant or instant punishment. Jesus talks about it in Mark, I mean Luke. I think it's about the 16th chapter when he talks about uh, uh, the rich man and the poor man, Lazarus. That's why we got to bend for ourselves, got to be like the Bereans, read those scriptures, get them deep in our heart so we'll be able to help somebody, not only somebody, but to help ourselves. Let me see. Yeah. Now, let me say this one more thing here. I almost forgot. There's people that's been coming to me lately. They talk about the parables of the wheat and the tares. And the devil has got them convinced that they're tares. They believe that God is not hearing them. They God turned their back on them. They believe they're getting ready to die and go to hell. The lady tell, called me today and told me, she feels like she's dead and that God is not listening to her. But I want you to know it's a choice to make. The choice is I want to be wheat as a man thinketh, so is he. I think if I want to be saved, I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart, according to the scriptures, what God says, I trust in the word, the word will bring me through. So don't go around condemning yourself. If somebody's beating you in the head like the devil and telling you, you're not saved, look at you, you cussed somebody out yesterday, listen, the word is called repent. You can repent. He can't. That's why he's mad at you. So don't let, him, don't let the devil confuse you. Don't let him fool you. Don't let him seduce you to where you give up and go saying, okay, I can't win. I might as well go back doing what I was doing. No. It's he or she who hang on till the end. Don't turn back. That that is so sad that they would believe such a lie. The devil is so cunning, he puts these thoughts or he tries to put these Mm -hmm. thoughts in our heads and we have to Make the choice in that moment. Are we going to accept that as our thought? Or are we going to check it out and see if it really is? We need to check these mm-hmm. things out. And if it's not from us and it's not from God, we need to send it back. Just not mm-hmm. not accept it. Now, I hear you. As I said, this lady, I've been getting more about them. I had a lady, uh, one lady came here years ago, and she had that same problem. And I told her, I said, you're not, you're not a care. If you wasn't, you wouldn't be trying to find out, Lord, how, how do I get back to you? A tear ain't going to worry about it. He's going to do what he wants to do. It, uh, a seed or whatever seed that is, 
that seed don't become a orange doesn't become an apple. A lemon doesn't become a grapefruit. Whatever that seed is, that's what it is. If a wheat, a wheat does not care about doing what God wants. He ain't worried about it. I mean, a tear. Tear does not worry about what God wants. But a, a wheat wonders about what my master wants. And they strive to get to their master. So, but all those that the devil doesn't lie to you and say that you're not saved, see if you're saved. Check the scriptures. Believe for yourself. Fight through. That the God of this world is Satan. But the God of all is the most high God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I enjoy these these teachings and stuff. Like I tell anybody, I don't know everything, so I wish people would call in. If they think I'm wrong, correct me. But if you don't believe what I've been telling you about, and and as I say, I ain't fought me if you don't believe about these uh, UFOs and uh, and the demons and that we we call them demons, but are actually they call themselves aliens and stuff. They're not from outer space. They're from inner space. The Bible says, looking up on those things coming up on the earth. Up means it means it was down. It's under the earth. Jesus went into the bowels of hell when he died. He went into the earth and then he rose from the dead. But these things coming up, they're gonna be people are gonna be convinced that Jesus is part alien. He is not part alien. We were made in his image and his likeness. We wasn't made like no reptile, half human, half reptile. That was what you see on these, these buildings called gargoyles. That is not us. You know what I'm saying? Even if you think you're not pretty. Remember, God said we're pretty, so we all pretty. Don't down yourself. Don't down other people. Talk bad about them. Remember. We are the children of the Most High God. We look like him, we act like him, and we're being trained to be like him. And the enemy doesn't like it. They're about, they're about, we're about to get out of here. It's going to be seven years of hell here. I'm hoping. I could be wrong about that because there's three teachings on that, pre, mid, and post. Pre means we're going to leave seven years. Mid means going through the first three and a half years, and post means going through all seven years and then leave out of here. And there's also and some people who say that it, that the length of the tribulation is only going to be three and a half years. Mm. So, but they have to go back and read what the scripture says. It says, you know, right. the first because mm-hmm, it says tribulation period. But then Jesus comes back later on and says the great tribulation. That's what broke it into half, three and a half years. So that's how we know it's a seven year thing. But nobody knows when it's gonna start. I hope it starts after I'm gone. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to be greedy but uh (laughs) I I used to pray that prayer, Lord, leave me behind so I could help people. But I've been with people, and, mm-mm, Lord, take me on the first one, <laughs> pre, mid, or post. I don't care. I'm gone. Uh, uh, well, as I, said, I think I've talked about all I can about the, uh, you know, being being watching prayer, watch out for 
who comes around you, watch out if they're if they're really serving God or not. See if they're if they're if their God is the same God you're serving. Just because they they call on the name of the Lord and say that I'm saved doesn't mean they're saved. You got to have the Holy Spirit to discern. If you ain't got enough of the Holy Spirit, get more scriptures in you. Spend more quality time. And if you have to, do like I do sometimes. Push away from the table and fast. That's one of the things that most of us don't want to do. Fast. And believe me, when the Lord sees you searching for him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, he will manifest himself. And the Holy Ghost will speak to you. And he will keep you from uh, going down the wrong road. He'll tell you, do not go to the left, don't go to the right, come this way. And if you if you have trust in the Holy Spirit and you walk this way, you will see that the Holy Spirit is really leading and guiding you. Okay. Anything else, Dora? Nothing comes to mind. That was a good, thorough, solid teaching. Okay. Well, I thank you, and I thank all the people that listen. Send in, you know, your comments and stuff. I'd like to hear from y'all. And I would love for somebody calling, asking questions, because uh, I only go as far as I can remember on some things, and sometimes uh, I don't remember everything I know. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit brings back a lot to my remembrance, and that's it. Nothing in, nothing out. You study, something in, something out. It's the computer way. You're computers, but you're better than a computer. We're so much smarter than a computer, you know we don't seem like it. We're way smarter than any computer. We only use like 10% of our brain if we use that much. So for all you people out there who always say, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Remember, you only got 10%. Better keep all you got. Well, right now, let me go ahead and pray for the people. Heavenly Father, I want to come to your throne room of grace and mercy and peace and love and the Holy Spirit. Father, you are so good and so kind to us. We want to give you the respect, the reverence of who you are. You're a God and God all by yourself. You're the one who sent your word down here, which is your son, to be manifest among us that we may touch him and that he may touch us. And then give us the Holy Spirit that we may walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. That we may have an understanding above understanding. That we can be have wisdom above wisdom. We, earthly wisdom is not going to do anything for us, but Father, heavenly wisdom will bring us everything we need from you. We know if we submit ourselves unto God and resist the devil, he will flee from us. You know, told us that greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. You told us that you would do everything that we need by your scriptures said, the Lord Jesus Christ is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. In other words, you said he would do it. The word would do it. If we believe in the word and trust in the word and we pray with the word, that the word would work for us. And, Father, I am a living witness. I'm 70 years old just about. And I've never seen the, uh, the people forsaken or his feet begging bread. I've never seen 
the righteous that doesn't get what they need sooner or later. Yes, you can go through trials. You can go through tribulation. You can go through a lot. But eventually, you win. Eventually, God answers your prayer. Even if you didn't see it, it will be answered. That's why I trust the God that I serve, the Most High God, the Lord Jesus Christ, his Father, Yuhei and it's a These are Hebrew words, but believe me, if you call him Father, he hears you. If you call him Daddy, he hears you. You don't have to be politically correct. All you have to do is speak from your heart. Your heart is what touches God's heart. But he said, I will not cast away a broken or contrived spirit. He will heal us. He will deliver us. He will make us whole. And that's what we're here for, to be made whole. Father, we carefully give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, and we all say, amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you, talking to you next week, or oh, the week after, rather. I, I don't know what he's going to give me. I never know. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people need the same thing, signs, wonders, and miracles. We just get, We just can't accept anything. We got to know what we're supposed to have. So, until next time, Dorothy. Uh, say glad talking to you. Glad that you gave me a chance to come on the radio and everything. And if you ever need me, give me a call. Okay. You and you have a blessed night. I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead. I was saying, if you ever have a church up that way that wants uh, somebody who's teaching and preaching and seeing the miracles, give me a call. I don't charge anything. All they do is take care of my place to stay and food for me to eat. Okay. Well, I don't get out radio. much. Yeah, I don't I get out you. much, so I don't go to a church, so. Well, I hear you. You know, because I'm just, I hate saying the word disabled, but I'm not mm-hmm. able. I'll tell you, I'm not able to get out and about as much as I'd like. Well, but hear. anyway. Hey, you still have these radio and stuff you listen to, and people that come in have for you to pray for them, don't you? Yep. Hey, tell them about me. I'm willing to travel. Half is a half scooter will travel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Father Father bless everyone, and, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks on this program. And I know you'll be impatiently waiting for the next lesson. Have a blessed night, Pastor James. Thank you so much. Have a blessed night. Bye. Bye.